Hey, this is Ro. And this is Joe. Welcome to another episode of Untold Racism. Yes, welcome. And today's story is on interracial adoptions. The pros, the cons, the good, the bad, the ugly. Yes. Uh, we are pulling this story from my life. <laughs> Anybody? I love when we talk about your life. <laughs> Listen, Keeps my past stories could be turned into a lifetime movie network movie right like decades i've got yeah, decades you do worth have of some, uh, yes some stories to be told but moving forward i'm creating hallmark present movie moments right yes <laughs> that's that's great happy tear movies yes 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 that's great lotto win movies oh yes share the wealth girl share the wealth today we're talking about the interracial adoption so again it's a store one of your stories yes and i I figured we could start off with your story and then go into, you know, some things that we found or the podcast, excuse me. In 2015, my baby sister uh, was incarcerated. At the time of her incarceration, she had two of her children in custody, in her own custody, I would say, uh, but they were taken by the state. She got incarcerated. Yes, yes. And when she got I'm telling the redacted uh, version of the story because I don't want to put her business in the street. But yes. And at the time she was in Kansas. I live in Georgia. And the my other uh, brothers and sister or brother and sister, mom and dad live in Tucson, Arizona. So she's in Kansas. I'm in Georgia. And the rest of our family is in Tucson. The boys are in foster care, holding, I suppose, after she did what she did. We had 24 hours. The grandparents had 24 hours to get to Kansas to get them out of foster care. Um, that didn't happen. Right. That doesn't seem like a lot of time. I mean, what if what if you lived in a different country? I mean, Man, you'd be shit out of luck, I, which is basically what happened in this story. Right. <laughs> shit out of luck. Um. So this is in May of 2015. Uh, my nephews, I have ultimately the crux of the story is that I adopted my now six-year-old nephew and 16-year-old nephew. At the time, they were younger, of course, and the oldest nephew's father attempted to. So he was in Tucson also, but lived in Kansas before. He came to Kansas from Tucson, a paraplegic he was at the time, may God rest his soul. He attempted to get the children out of foster care, but he could not. He had a criminal record. <clears throat> so they wouldn't let the dad, the biological father, of get the his oldest own nephew son because right. he had a criminal record. And I wow. think he attempted to get both of the children. And this was 24 hours later, or was he within no, the No, this, this was not within the 24 hour time frame, but mm, not too long, maybe a couple of weeks or a month after just granted he's a paraplegic so he had to get some things together so then both the grandparents they couldn't make it so the paternal my my mother and father didn't go to kansas and neither did the, the child right yes. the paternal grandparents go so get into the story of how like from from at that point when when was the first touchdown in kansas from your your sister who originally tried to adopt your nephews. So, yes. Yeah. So my, my sister in Tucson tried to adopt. She went through the process. Actually, when this all happened, I also called uh, the uh, social worker 
place, whatever it's called, it's called St. Francis Ministries. That's where the children, all of the social workers gathered. I don't even know what it's called. But anyway, I did call them. <laughs> That's where they gathered. Yes, I called them to give them my information and let them know that I'm interested in, you know, put me down. I don't know how this process goes. I've never been through, you know, trying to get someone out of foster care. Right. <clears throat> But I needed them to know that, hey, I'm available now. This is in 2015 when it happens. So my other sister, who is actually closer to the baby sister, mm -hmm. she attempted. And they go through the process, and she's approved. But there's a phone call between. <laughs> this is crazy. Yes. This is one part of the story that's, this is definitely lifetime yeah, it, it all is. And like I said, I'm telling the redacted version of the story. Yeah. Anyway, so there was a phone call between the two sisters, um, the one that's incarcerated and the one who is approved to get my nephews. And during this phone call, the sister who is incarcerated, I don't know how the conversation began, but it's asked, you know, when I get out, will you let me have or see my children? And my other sister said, yeah, of course. I mean, what are you going to tell somebody that's in that? Is right. that not a normal, natural answer? Of course, I've got your babies. Yeah, of course. Right. You're, You're not going to say, no, you can't. Yeah. Like, <laughs> even if you, even in your mind, you might be like, well, I'll do what I can do to, to like, because at this point, did your sister know they're not allowed to see? No, mom? we, there, there was no, no. So you didn't even know they weren't allowed to see exactly okay the mom well, yeah well well actually the the parents did have to give up their parental rights my sister is no longer their legal mom and their dads are no longer their legal dad they're so, forced to do that during for the adoption process no this fostering? is prior to they because of what my sister did they had all of the parents and because all of the parents had criminal records, all of them had to they were forced to give up their rights. So the boys are technically legally they don't have parents. Yeah. <clears throat> so my sister tells my other sister, yes, I'll let you see your children. Grant, uh, mind you. She's already been approved to get my nephews. They're going to come from Kansas to Arizona and live with her. And she's been uh, communicating with the foster mom who this is where we get into it. The children have been placed into a foster home with a single white mom who already has three foster children. Time goes by. My sister is sent a letter stating that she cannot get the boys. And I don't, the letter wasn't clear. I don't know if the letter was clear as to why, but we found out somehow that it was about the phone call that she and my other sister had. What she told my sister she wasn't supposed to say. We didn't know that, that my sister wasn't supposed to have contact with her boys when she got out of prison. So now we're in October of 2016. This is the year and the month that my oldest son passes away and my sister gets the letter that she can't get my nephews. And I kick in. Here's where I'm okay. And let me just have a, I just have a comment here. Just to think that the amount of time that it takes to get kids out of the system ridiculous is it's sad it's ridiculous it's obvious you know they say that they do all this for the best interest of the child but it really makes you wonder yeah 
But go on with, I'll let you go on with the story. <laughs> no, so in October 2016, um, my son passed away and I go into hyperdrive because I feel like my sister got the notice that she couldn't ha get the boys either a day before or the day of my son passing. So it was like tragedy after tragedy. You know, I think about my nephews. Right. Oh, shit. You know, and one of the things that brought it to the forefront was like a couple of weeks before my son passed away, he asked about the oldest nephew. He was like, so has anybody heard anything about, you know, my oldest nephew? And I was like, well, you know, my other sister is handling it and I think it's going to be OK. Right. And so when he passed away and we got that information in my mind, I'm thinking and this is just to rationalize, because when you lose someone you love, I think we all try to you know, figure out why. And I mean, I know he was yeah. sick, but my rationalization for tr getting into the pot to get my nephews was, well, if my son left, he made room for them to come to me because we lived in the same house. You know, he was right. sick, so I wanted him to be close to me. Right. Um, so... I contact the social worker at St. Francis and I say, hey, my sister was denied. I'm here. I'm available. I'm married. Somehow so she took my information. Uh, this was in October. By November of 2016, she told me I couldn't do it. I'm, you know, they won't. This is it. They've been in the foster in this foster home for so long. And and basically she told me, no, I don't know what happened between November in December, but I believe it was like in December, she called me and told me, okay, you're a go. And I'm like, whoa, you know. So the original answer was no. And the original. And if you would have left it alone, it would have been no. But yes. you were like, why? I want to know why it's yes. a no. And I want to know why I yeah. can't get my nephews. Exactly. Exactly. So she and says, I was okay, let me go see. And then she comes back and says, you know what? It's a go. Right, right, right. As a grieving mom and I've I've got nephews somewhere. Like I said, just tragedy after tragedy. I'm like, no. Right. You know, I've they've got they have people that love them that want to take care of them. Let me have them. Anyway, she tells me yes in December. We go through the process and the first time I get to I have to travel to Kansas. Um, is in March of 2017. And I have to travel because the judge wants to meet me. He wants to see. And I'm assuming that when I go to court, I will be told that day of whether or not it's okay for my nephews to come with me. Well, no. It was like a 30-minute meeting, and it was considered, I think, a best interest staffing meeting. Mm -hmm. And they told me that I had to come back in June. And I was so disappointed. I was just butthurt. But I did get to see my nephews that day. They brought them to the courthouse. And it was right. the first time that I had seen the baby. I had never seen the baby. He was born in December of 2014. And, and so he was five months old when he went into foster care, pretty much. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> so you never got a chance to see him at no, all, ever? Not, no. Not at all until that day. And and really it was bittersweet because, right. <laughs> and this is where it's, it's funny, but it's not. This is where the cultural black and white kind of, I'll just say thing. this, <laughs> you can edit that out. My nephew, the baby had a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> just 
shit. Weren't we just talking about this? Listen, I don't know what the hell this white woman did, but his hairline was at his motherfucking ears. Okay. It was the sickest shit I'd ever seen. Well, she probably had your nephew cut his forehead. No, she didn't. Oh. Not only that, but um, he was still sucking a bottle. And there were just so many things that I noticed in that short time meeting them. I was like, oh, this lady is not doing what she's supposed to do. His skin was all screwed up and it was just a mess. Right. Anyway, so we go. I go back in June. And it's like a two-day process. We have to get an extended stay. And my other sister comes with me at this time, the one who was approved at first. Mm -hmm. And there's two days of court proceedings because the foster mom is fighting it. She wants to keep my nephews. Right. I'm like, what in the hell? It's, it's, shock it's shocking. And it shows the sense of entitlement maybe that white women sometimes have. Oh, my God. Right. It, and I don't want to equate white people adopting blacks, uh, black babies to the white savior complex. But I kind of feel like, especially in this, because this was my own personal experience, right. that man, this lady was crazy. And right. I also want to say this, this is the thing I have, the problem that I have with the system. So... I'm a single mom and I have five children. Right. I'm a black, you know, any single, but I'm black. I have right. five children. And there's plenty of white single moms. Right, right, right. Five children. The dad's not in the home. So I'm a single mom. I may need assistance, maybe government assistance. Right. Okay. <laughs> so I'm considered a sinner. I'm trifling. Um, you know, a succubus. Um, anything. A lazy trifling. Yeah. Mom anything. I'm dumb. You know. Of certain people. Right. However, on the other hand, I have a single white woman who's adopted five children, who's getting adoption subsidies for these children, and she's considered a saint. Why? Do you know, were any of the other children in the home black? or were you not They were, anyone? there were two biracial children and one white kid and then my two nephews. Okay, so most of them were kids of color. Then. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because by America's standard, whether they're biracial or not, they're, they're black. black. Exactly. Yeah. So it's okay for her to get money from the government to, you know, foster these children. And I just have a problem with that because... If I'm incapable or society deems me incapable and trifling as a single mom of my own natural mm -hmm. offspring, why is it not? Why is it OK for one person to adopt so many children or foster? She or, fostered. Well, yeah, them. foster. Were the foster other ones adopt. adopt? Well, no. fostered and adoption is different. It's different, but still. I'm just saying. Do you right. get what I mean? I get your no, no, no. I definitely get. She's Basically, beneficent. You're saying society society has a tendency to judge women who have a lot of kids who are single. I mean, they judge women who might only even have one or two kids. You're exactly. always the quote unquote the single mom, the blah blah blah. So there's all there's all these um, you know social constructs. We hate to use that word over and over again, but there's so <laughs> many of them. Yes. Which is unreal. But anyway, so there's all this judgment for the per, for the single mom. But then when here you can be a foster mom and you can be single and it, and foster or adopt as many kids as you as want. As you'd like. But I think foster would be it because adopting, I found, no, from what I've read, is pretty hard. 
adoption. And this is what my story was. So basically, uh, but here's the question. My question with that, with that all being said is you are a married woman. You are no yes. longer single. No, no. So you are a married woman at yes. this point. Mm -hmm. These, these, these two boys are your nephews. Yes. They are your biological sister's kids. They're your nephews. Yes. And you have trouble getting them out of a system that, that, and you have a history of your family trying to get them. It's not like you came around two years later. No. Your other sister We've, came. Yes. And they gave you such a hard time. And this white woman just won't give them up. And the white thing comes into play. And then on top of the skin. But I'll let you go on with Well, story. not only that, it gets ugly. Because right. no, the, yeah. the foster mom is telling my nephews that we don't love them. And that we're not a good family. This is all based off of what my incarcerated sister did this lady's never laid eyes on us my my you know the rest of right. us she doesn't you don't know me from a can of paint right but she's feeding my older nephew a crock of shit about his right. family and he comes and tells you these things right well no oh no not until i you know until afterwards you know right and it That's did come out it this. did come out in court kind of that you know, we weren't fit to have the nephews, but why? You know, here I am. So anyway, at the June hearing, we were we won. We were able to take my nephews, bring my nephews back to Georgia right. um, uh, for 30 days. It was like a 30 day trial to see if everything would work out. But but the process. So from March to June, uh, dealing with social workers in the state of Georgia. It's called an interstate kinship. Uh, they were called, it's called a kinship placement when, when children in foster care are placed with someone who is a relative. Um, it's like we had to, we had to have physicals and we had to, they, they checked our income and they had to come and look at the place, the house that we live in. And Oh my God, everything. And I've never been in court for a hearing on trial you know right. i'm not on trial for some fuck shit i'm on <laughs> trial for some fuck shit like right. this bitch really is trying to your your character was basically yes on trial. oh yeah i was he ted do you right. understand i'm like <laughs> hey i do want to shout out though the social worker at saint francis i haven't said any names but i'm going to say her name just her first name her name is rachel and rachel was amazing a white lady she is the reason why she's the one who called me in december and said hey it's a go and from that day until we were told in july that we could have the boys and we could adopt them she was there front she even had to testify against like the foster mom and it was some crazy shit and it's a small town it's a small so town there was a lot of like um a lot of people let's just say a lot of people knew each other you know so in 2015 Personally. the my nephews were in winfield kansas 4.5 percent black that's that was the population what's of, the population of winfield kansas in general like what's the total population? I have. She doesn't have that. That um, she doesn't have that. I don't have that statistic. But I will say that there was one black student at um, a Webster in Elementary, eight black students at Irving Elementary. So really, there was a lot of white people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I have to say this as well because. I, 
I don't want this to be a story of white people shouldn't adopt black children. That's not it at all. It's just my experience was one that I'm not the only one who's experienced this because I was dealing with in this whole process, I contacted uh, an agency called the Kansas Family Advisory Network. And they have a lady there, a licensed clinical social worker named Nina Shaw Woody, a black lady. Mm -hmm. And she contacted me several times after adopt getting my nephews, um, wanted me to tell my story to the news because I'm not the only one who had family members black who were adopted or fostered to white people. people and those white people want, yeah, fought like, no, you can't have your children back. Wh right. Why? What? Right. And I, I want to say this, I'm just going to say when you get paid, you get paid money to foster children. Mm -hmm. And if the child is, handicapped or disabled or has health issues you get more money so this white lady had my nephew the baby he had allergies a peanut allergy he had asthma he had dry skin uh going to counseling all of these things to get more money so in june when the baby was with me i took him to the pediatrician he doesn't have asthma she recommended some eucerin or some kind of met uh the lotion to put on the baby's skin and he has a he, you know well he has a dairy allergy and she was giving him milk he had these white spots around his mouth because he was getting milk but he shouldn't have been getting it so he didn't have a peanut allergy no he had a milk allergy and she was giving a two-year-old a fucking bottle with milk in it anyway and he was still wearing diapers and i don't you know I shouldn't be that judgmental. You're but not saying that because she was white. You're basically saying maybe the hair thing. Because there's plenty of white people out there who get their babies off diapers by two. Or maybe not. Like, I don't. Uh, yeah, I just, as a mom of. I don't remember the time. Of, per my third child, a lot of kids. I didn't have children in diapers at the age of two. And they were definitely off of a bottle before one, you know. My son was off a bottle way before not one, but he didn't want to suck, so he had he had apraxia. So that's a whole nother issue. Yeah. But so I get my nephews, um, and they're with us in July. The adoption was final for my husband and I on October second, twenty eighteen. Um, and so we're now. That's my story. It was not. <laughs> it was not a good story. Right. I'm just. It was taxing. Uh, the trip before, like the trip in June, I cried. And I'm not a crybaby. Like I'm one, I just, I'm just not a crier. Right. I cried. I was like, I don't know. I just don't want to go. My husband was like, what's wrong? I'm like, I just don't. It, there was just something inside of me that was just tired. Just, just uh Right. I believe um, it. That's a lot. Yeah. And then the drive and the travel. And, yes. 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 You know, and it's then, exhausting. And Racial them, undertones. Yes. And, them telling us that they're going to, um, uh, give us back the money that we spend to travel back and forth. And that never happened. And, oh, my God, it was just one thing after another. And I'm also not the person I'm going to fast forward a little bit because I want to say this about my experience with fostering and adoption. And these are my blood relatives. These are my nephews. Right. 
regret. I am not a person who lives with regret. And I've never looked back on any situation in my life and said, damn, I wish I wouldn't have done that ever. Right. Um, some other people may have looked at my life and thought, well, what the fuck she do that for? But right. you know what? I'm just one of those people. The shit's happened. Let's move forward. I don't right. dwell on it. But this adopting my nephews, I regret. Like it has not been easy at all right because the trauma they experienced from what my sister did and the trauma of them being the lady who had my nephews the lady who fostered them right had my nephew combing hair and cooking meals and doing house chores and so he and it was told in court that she wanted the baby because he was five months old, but she didn't want the other one. So they kind of had to say, come on, you know, they're brothers, keep them together. So right. basically she used my nephew as, dare I say, a slave because my nephew said that her mother, the foster mom's mother, apologized right. to him for the way that she treated him. And how old was he at the time? He was 13. 13. Was He's, he that old? Well, I think he was. So he was born in 2004. Look, don't get me. He what, was not 13. Was He was 12. He's 16. He turned 16 in November. He was too young to be doing what, what? she had him right. doing. Right. Um, so that's trauma. It's trauma there. You take the child away from their mom because of what they did. That's trauma. You put them in this situation where a lady really doesn't give a fuck about you. She wants the money. That's additional trauma. And here we are. So you stack the trauma, trauma after trauma, and then I get them. And I have a nine-year-old, well, at the time, however, whatever his age was. So the older nephew was bullying my baby. I'm a mama bear. You know, I have right. grown-ass children, and I will still nuck if a motherfucker <laughs> buck with my babies. Yes. <laughs> um, so when I say difficult, you know, this is to all the people out there who are... Uh, considering if you don't love the idea of it, don't do it. I had no idea that I would be tested like this with my own blood. Look, these are my blood relatives. And right. I have seriously had thoughts of they need to go back. <laughs> no, honestly, no, like, I no, honestly, I like what the fuck did I do? My life at home Topsy turvy. Because well, you 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 raised yes four or five kids. Yes, you you lose a son. Yes, you, then you have a younger son. Yes, because around and you had him around the same time as I am my age out like now. <laughs> and when I think about that, I if I would get pregnant right now, I would really need therapy. I'd have to go seek. I'd have to go seek like some professional advice because I just don't know how anybody does it at this age but but you know what he and then is, you take on those two yes, responsibilities yes so <sighs> yeah and I, but i also have to say that i took that responsibility on while right. grieving my right. son right not the smartest thing to do so i i stuffed so instead of you know taking the time to grieve i started a master's program. I started the 
adopt my nephews. I did things that, you know, oh my God, I did a lot of You were running from the grieving process. Yes, yes, yes. Um, So yeah, we have statistics and I'm, like I said, this hasn't been easy, but I am glad that they are not in the situation that they were in and that um, we have access to them. Right. Because if it were left up to the judge, one of the things that we were told, my husband and I, is that when my sister gets out, they she is not supposed to see those babies. Right. She's not supposed to see the boys. And wow. Like, right. wow. Which makes the phone call in 2015. Now, now I understand why I didn't understand it at the time. Right. But, you know, we have them now. I don't know. What, what can anybody do? I'm not going to keep my nephews from my sister. Whatever she did, that's on her. But my nephews have been traumatized enough. I will right. say that. And so, you know, if I'm breaking the law by allowing my sister her Zoom call once a month, well, so be it. Because like I said, I can see, I know exactly what's going on with my nephews. Whereas if they were still in Kansas and this lady would have won and adopted them, we wouldn't be in contact with them at all. Right. And so even in my suffering from having them, there's the silver lining is they're okay. And we know that they're okay. Right. And you yeah. do, you know that you're giving them the best care that they can get. Yes. And yes. You're doing what they need. Yes. So to statistics for, um, right. And all, with all that being said, you just told your story because there's some racial undertones with it. Definitely. And just Definitely. how the system is out there. I didn't even realize foster parents had that much power until that, till you were going through that. I was shocked at the time because I didn't even know as a foster parent, you had that much power. Like to, I didn't know you to, could to just say, decide, Hey, I want to keep the kid. Right. Because how many, I mean, I've seen on TV so many times where, you know, the foster parents are upset because the kid has to leave, but they, they let them leave. Right. Like it, it is what it is. Well, this is how the foster mom, this was her income. This was her main source of income. Now she had, a part-time job, but her main source of income came from the five children that right. she was fostering. So, and like I said, why is that okay? Why is that okay? It, you know, it does make you wonder, like, but then, you know, if you, if you had a full-time job that, that made a lot of money and you were married and both of you worked, how would you then in turn have time to foster children? So I, I don't really know the answer with that, but I get that there's undertones of not just racism, but undertones of her doing what she was doing, not for her concern for children, but more for her concern for money. Right. Right. And like statistics. Yeah, there's some, but not a lot. We, we couldn't find because honestly I researched, you know, how many black children are fostered to white people and they, and they don't give those statistics. Mm -mm. They don't give the statistics as to how many children are murdered uh, by their foster uh, family because what did I say yesterday, Joe? Why is that? Why are those statistics not available? Well, that would fall back on child protective services. Yes. That's going to fall back on the government ran programs that, that have these things in these processes in place. The statistics that I found basically that black children are two times more likely to be removed from a home than white children and black children are two times stay in the system twice as long 
than white children do. That's really the main um, statistic that I found as far as foster children. Mm -hmm. I did find an adoption statistic that Asian children are the most number one adopted children in the world. Wow. But in the U.S., they are the least likely to be adopted. Hmm. Now, and then if you get into white people being allowed to or not to foster black children, to think about it, foster parents don't necessarily get to pick and choose and neither do adoptions. Some adopt, if you have money to adopt, right. you can go out there and search your perfect little child, like like you're searching for a purse. But when you're a foster Angelina kid, Jolie, when Charlize you're a foster mom, I think you just get Children's services. Hey, uh, like, yeah, like my nephew. And the sad story is here is that there are not a lot of black people that foster children. Exactly. So, you know, it sucks for foster children in general, whether you're white, black, whatever. But to really solve the problem, you have to get more black people to foster because at the end of the day, would a foster kid want to be out of that government? governed system group home that they're in and be with a white family, a good one, even though they may feel culturally alone or abandoned or whatever the problems are, you know, as far as a black child being with a white family, but wouldn't it be better than being in that group home? In some instances. And I think we can say in some instances in just about every instance when it comes to the black and white of things, right? you know, because of course I want to be in a family where I'm, where there's structure, you know, there's, there's, there's consistency. Um, But if there's abuse, you know, am I better off in this foster home or was I better off at the state agency, you know, in the group home, Uh, you know, what's the lesser of two evils? Wrong is wrong, no matter where you are. Right. So no, you're right. I just, and then as far as black people not being fostered, I read an article now. I am bad. I didn't take the, I can't quote the author, but I'll, but I'll tell you that I didn't write this. So <laughs> she's not plagiarizing. Well, I'm not she, plagiarizing. <laughs> I just don't have the author of this. However, basically the biggest um, questions that black people had when they were asked why they, they basically were like, why would I want to join a system that has racist undertones? Um, they had concerns that the the social workers, their biases affect their ability to work com- competently with them because their the way that they viewed them would be based on middle class white norms, right? That are used to already judge poor working class families of color. So a lot of black people just don't want to get involved in a system that was built pretty much against them. So. With that being said, I don't know the answer, but maybe, maybe with more research, there's a maybe there's a black foster society. I don't, I don't really know. I couldn't find much. Like yeah, I kept finding not. the same that article. I found this five times. Like, <laughs> I mean, I tried to sad. do phrase match and different words in different ways, and I found nothing. Well, it is a sad on fostering. It's it's all sad on fostering and adoption. Um, because these children are unwanted, you know, initially, or you made, you made a point 
right. yesterday I mean, when we were talking are about they it, all unwanted? Exactly. There's there's the, the issue also. There's a lot of situations. Like, I don't know if anyone ever seen the Gabriel Hernandez trial. Well, that poor child should have been removed instantly. And they and it and the LA foster CPC, whatever that service, the child protective services and all of them people. They all, man, they, they all should have went to jail. They failed. They failed not only him, they probably failed so many children out there. I mean, that they were the first actual child, children protective service um, people that they actually tried for criminal neglect. That was the first time they were ever did that in the history of the United States. Wow. They tried to hold them criminally liable for their obvious blatant neglect of this child. But then there are the child protective service agents that come out to homes, like I was saying. Yesterday. What if someone just decided they wanted to hate on me? Because this did happen, kind of. I had someone write a letter and say that I was a madam. I ran a prostitution ring <laughs> and said my children, even though I had one in the home who was in middle school, was were in danger. So... This happened. He writes this letter and says, I'm a, like, a, again, a, I run a prostitution ring on backpage.com. Oh my God. So when the, when the detectives call me, I'm at work. So I like fall to my chair. I'm like, whoa. When, when I see, when she said that, I thought, I thought my son got caught stealing or something, even though he didn't have a history of stealing. But I'm thinking, what did my son do? Because, I mean, what else would a cop be calling me for? I go home, long story short, I go home. I call them back. I find out they get this letter. The only reason they investigated it because it was for my son. But let's flip that around. Let's say they took that serious. Let's say, or let's say during this investigation for this bogus, you know, bogus charge or crimes against me, I have a boyfriend that sells drugs. He gets caught up in this. They come in and they take my son. But my son, there's nothing wrong. Like there's my, no my neglect, there's, there's no, no neglect, abuse. It's no just... abuse, no nothing's going on. My boyfriend sells a little bit of weed. We didn't, I mean, I didn't even have cable. So I'm like, lady, I'm running a prostitution ring. I don't even have cable. <laughs> my son said, you might want to knock on the girl next door because she always got guys coming Say, over to her house. this ain't paying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I'm, bitch, I'm broke. Why are you accusing me of this? Anyway, she knew it was bogus. That, 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 but my point was, people get caught up with this petty shit. And they seem to be the ones who kids get removed from the home. And then there's these people who actually are being abused and they seem always seem to stay. Yes. yes. So with that being said, these some kids end up in foster care, end up in this terrible system and they shouldn't be and there. And they shouldn't be. And, and I that's, would say those cases are most of those kids are probably kids of color. Yes. And that's trauma. So you take a child away from there in your instance. Right. You take that child out of the home. Right. And the child is traumatized. And then you place them with people, black or white, that they don't know. And they just want their mom. Their right. home life was fine. And that's trauma. So from a mental health perspective, you're stacking trauma, trauma on trauma on trauma. And then what? Right. I'm just going to say this from the graduate school person. We all need therapy. Like oh, everybody sure. I, needs to, to talk to someone because... Man. And for those of you who say you don't need therapy, you need it the most. Yes. The person that tells me I don't need therapy or or just plain out says I don't want therapy, you actually are probably the person <laughs> Man, who needs that needs it the, it the most. Yeah. Just like I said, all of my stories, I'd say prior to t 10 years ago, Lifetime Movie Network 
stories. Right. I've got some shit to tell. I'll never tell, maybe. One day. But I could One probably make millions and millions of dollars from the stories that I have. We'll but write moving, them down. moving forward, we're doing Hallmark Presents movies. Right. I need some happy Christmas shit. But anyway, like we were discussing, you know, there are so many professional people who, you know, do their job or are in their profession, not necessarily because they love it. It's for the money, you know, right. or because they were pushed by their parents to do, I need, you know, become a doctor. It's a prestigious title and, and you'll be paid and, and I'll be proud. And same with adoption. Like, just don't do the shit if you don't love doing it because you're hurting people. Do you get money if you adopt children? Yeah. Or do you get money if you foster children? You get uh, an adoption subsidy if you don't make a lot of money or if you, you know, if the child is, again, if the child is disabled and you adopt, yes. I don't want to put people's business in the street, but we, a family friend, not my friend, but a family member's friend, that friend's sibling is married and they adopted children who were disabled to get the money. Now, my sister said that her friend didn't agree with what they were doing in the beginning, but now they've built a relationship with the children. And, you know, so it's all lovey-dovey. But, man, you know, as a mom. And they admitted that. Yeah. What's crazy is that some, I mean, at least they, you know, I got to respect them for being honest. You love that. You love, you lo You like to see, if you're a fucking asshole, just tell me. Up yeah, yeah. So I, I want to know yeah, what yeah. I'm doing. With. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I don't like, yes. I don't like that <laughs> Don't side. surprise me. Yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> you know, the next thing you know, you're being stabbed in the back or. Yeah, I don't like surprises yeah. that way. But I'm, I'm just saying when it comes to things that, that deal with people's psyche, when, when you're messing with the psyche, the mental health of an individual, you know, just really consider that, you know, and especially a child, they're innocent. I have a great affinity for young people and old people. So the pediatric and the geriatric, I love that demographic. Mm -hmm. Be, you know, us in the middle, we some fucked up motherfuckers. So if you, right. you're going to take care of this demographic, the pediatric and the geriatric, make sure you're loving what you're doing. And that you truly want to make a difference in this person's life. Don't do it for the money. Right. Do it because this child needs a loving home, you know, and I can give that love. For me and my nephews, the oldest nephew is now with my sister mm -hmm. um, and the baby is with me. But it had to be that way right. because I don't I didn't have the capacity to give them what they needed, not no abuse at all, but still totally disconnected from the situation just because of some, you know, issues with my sister that's incarcerated. Our relationship is strained and it right. was prior to her going to prison. So that all plays uh, into, you know, the situation with my nephews and how I deal with them. It's easier now because one is in one place and one is with me. But with both of them together, it was hell right. on earth. Right. Like losing my son is top and then adopting my nephews is 1B right. of fuck shit that's happened to me. Right. <laughs> Man. But at least they're safe. But now. at least they're safe. And, right. I, you know, I, I'm not virtue signaling, 
signaling here, but you know, they're, they're good. Right. Everything's good. They're fine. They're taken care of. Not, not just monetarily. And, you know, we're, we're making sure that, you know, my oldest nephew was in counseling. Um, we're making it so that he can get counseling in Arizona. Right. Uh, the baby is with me now because he needs counseling. And so once this prostitution is over. I say we're in a prostitution because motherfuckers out here doing a lot of hoe shit. Right. Um, once that's over, then we'll get him into some counseling also because they need it. They need it. Right. Um, so, yeah, that th that's why we did the podcast. I really want, you know, that's the gray area of adoption is that there are people out there that do things, you know, white people who adopt babies for the money. Right. And and there's black people that adopt babies uh, for yes, the money too. Yes. That too. Right. And um just be a good person like if you're if if your heart's it, not in it, don't do it. We didn't really focus on the whole white. The focus was your story. Right. But there was there was racist undertones and to the, get them out. Yes, of because there was, and I had never dealt with with it at right. to that degree on a personal level, like racism on a personal level. Even her attorney said something to me about uh, we know that they're African American boys, but um, they've been in this foster home with this caucasian woman for two years who loves them don't you think that uh it would be mentally damaging to them if you just took them out of this home well no sir why would it be no more mentally damaging than was already done exactly what right. what's your point and i kept saying i can't remember all of the the things that were said to me while i was on the stand but i remember saying distinctly I don't want to make this about race because I feel like if I would have said, you know, if you would have made it about race, they would have punished you some way. Yes. Th then I wouldn't have my nephews. Right. So I, I made it a point to verbalize that I don't want this to be about race. Right. You know, but it was obvious from the foster mother and what she was doing that it was completely and totally. Well, uh, we all know truth hurts whenever you call out, the anger that you get when you call someone oh, or say someone that they do is racist. It, it's defense. It's truth yes. hurts. I mean, even anything. I mean, truth hurts. Everybody gets a little defensive. You hit them with some truth. So, but when it comes to that topic, it's very. So when fostering, white, if gray. you, if you, what do you, what do you say to white people who want to adopt Listen. or foster black children, even though they don't have a choice in the foster system? I really just feel like they're like. They call you up, you have a, a child already, and then they take them. I don't really think that they pick and choose the kids they foster, do they? I don't know how that goes, but I do know that it has to be discussed when you're being, uh, I don't know, do you become certified to become, licensed to become a foster you care? Have to, I did read some, you have to have decent credit. You yeah. have to have like, I don't really, there was a little list. It, it doesn't seem super hard. It doesn't seem that easy. No, but I'm just saying what should happen in these instances is some cultural diversity. Right. Is like that even brought up? You know, you might get a black kid. Are you going to know how to comb their hair or, you know, anything? Or just like if you're going to adopt out of side of your race, are you prepared to teach them their culture, make sure yes. that they are around their culture, yes. make sure they are exposed to di a diverse group of people yes. that they're not always isolated to 
to this one world that has nothing to do with who they are, like who they came from. So, I mean, I, I guess that's my only issue that if you're white and you're going to adopt outside of the, your own race, just make sure that you expose them to culture and diversity and, right. you know, make sure that they have friends and, and, and put in the work to learn and like you said, do their hair, but well, it's not just about hair. No, but, no, but that, that seems that, to be the number that one. That seems to be the number one thing. And I have seen, you know, I'm, I am in no way bashing white people who foster or adopt. There's a whole group black children, but just be aware, you know, and be culturally sensitive. And I even saw someone, some lady on Instagram. She has an Instagram. She's a white woman, mm-hmm. and she's adopted black children. And she speaks of the the fact that she you know is has taken the time to learn herself about black culture and how to do her black little girl's hair and you know so she's putting in the work so that this child doesn't feel you know inferior or like an outsider you know Right. In that circumstance. Like that video, she felt, you know, she didn't see the shows that all the other black children talked about. I mean, it sounds, I guess it sounds kind of petty at the end of the day, but ultimately that's what helps make you who you are eventually. Exactly. So it is important. It is. It is important. And, but what I was trying to say as far as the group for the hair, there's a whole Facebook group that has like a lot of people in this Facebook group that are white girls or white men that have biracial children so they it's not about adopting or fostering them they had kids to black people and it's all on there talking about how to do their hair i think different hairstyles different hair products so i thought that was kind of interesting you know and black folks get ashy put some lotion on well my daughter she sent my grandson to me with his hair (laughs) a hot mess not too long ago and i went to walmart and i'm like so i swear to god two black women looked at me like i I know i'm thinking i know they're probably like this white bitch don't take care of that baby's hair but i want to say my daughter's black and she didn't do his hair but that's me and my paranoia and you know, we talk about this stuff, so it's always there. Right. It like, is always there. So, you know, I probably am hyper vigilant to things. Yeah. So I probably, I didn't like his hair, but I what? didn't have time to do his hair. <laughs> and, and I, I was like, like, we're going to Walmart no matter what your hair looks like. <laughs> but then I seen these women looking at his hair and, and he's like, so oh, damn shit. cute. He is a thorough. So then they're probably thinking he's so cute, but look at that head. Because it literally was just, she took ponytails out of his hair. So there was like these like round <laughs> spots almost looked like this part was dreaded and then this part wasn't. It was really bad. Oh, like, fat man. Girl, you better do his hair next time. So, so, yeah. Long story short is if you're not into it, don't get into it. Right. Not even for the money. Like if your world's white and all your friends are white and you listen to country music. <laughs> Shit. And you're Hillbilly John. Just... Think about it before yes. you do it, because if you're going to do it, you got to you got to step into their world. Yes. And children need true, unconditional love and support and guidance because they grow up. And, that, and, and she's speaking to both races here. Yes, I am. What I do want to say is, you know, we talk about cops or we did in 2019. And my sister is a nurse practitioner and she's nurse doing a assignment, occupational nurse practitioner or whatever uh-huh. I'm making up words and shit um, but she told me that the majority of people who become cops and this 
goat ties into the story that we're telling today. The majority of people who become cops were traumatized as children. And so this is why they're so angry. When you become a cop, you and have... And they have more control. Yes, you have a license to, you know, be a badass and right. be in control. Uh -huh. And so you go shoot up and you kill people. Right. So we're churning out traumatized motherfuckers and they become occupational hazards when they have on these outfits right. back in the blue and shit. So parents... How about Foster everybody? Parents. Just go get therapy. Yeah, they even that. got talk space. You can get therapy online. They don't got to see your face. You can text you can about wait therapy. Till, uh, September 2023 and I'll be available. Yeah, yeah we'll give you her website. I mean, I can talk now, but you know. <laughs> no, but uh, hey, and email us, um, Show at gmail.com if you have any questions or want to participate. <laughs> also, I did want to note that I did a, a poll on Instagram, on our Instagram story about what do people agree with interracial adoption? And we got a couple and most of them all said no, but they were all white women. Why Which I found they... it was odd. I didn't, they didn't answer me why, but I found it was odd that they were all white women and they all said they don't agree with it. So I don't know if they were like racist white women or if they're, well, actually no one of them on their, one, I did take the time to check her profile and she was actually Black Lives Matter. That doesn't mean anything. No, it doesn't. So mm -hmm. I don't I don't really know their why behind it, but I found it interesting that everybody that answered was white and then everybody that answered no, well, everybody answered no, three. They were all white. And I found that kind of odd because I don't have a problem with it. I, I have a problem like I what I just said. If you're really white, 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 <laughs> then maybe get white, some... White, uh, white, 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 white. Get a little spice. Get spice, some spice, spice. Get some Lowry's. <laughs> or go hang out with some black folks. Yeah, do something it. before you really want to... Or else you got to ask yourself why you want to do it in the first place. Right. But Because you're really... You have someone's life in the palm of your hands. Right. Literally. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, with that being said, we do got to wrap it up. We do, we do. So hopefully this episode after we edit will only be like 40 minutes. Yeah, well, I'll do my best. <laughs> Our next uh, podcast will be about... The Willie Lynch letter. Whoa. Girl, it is whoa. Wait till you read that. Yeah. Have your highlighter ready. I'm ready. I have notes upon notes in my, well, I'm in ready. my head. I didn't write them out yet. You know, I was thinking that last, uh, the la the first podcast of this second season, we said we weren't going to talk about, um, but I mean, you know, it, it's, 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 you can't, it's unavoidable. You can't not talk about it. If in order to uh, re rectify it and make it be okay. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it helps you understand things too. Right. Like reading that letter will help you kind of understand and actually see like, wow, where we are now. It's, I mean, it's different, but it's not in a lot of ways. It's really, it's really on, it's really on. Well, we're going to dive but into we'll wrap that it up. on our next podcast. Thank you for listening. About the Willie Lynch letters. Thank you for listening. Untold racism. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Oh, Facebook. yeah, that, 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 that. Now I'll chuck up the deuces. Yes. Deuces. <laughs>